Hey everyone, welcome back to The Social Wildlife. I'm Josh Townsend. Fear is one of the most powerful emotions that we experience, and it's one that we remember for the rest of our lives once it's happened. Today I'm going to explain just a little bit about fear. It's something I'm very familiar with. The things that I've done over my life, uh, a lot of them have involved risk. I'm going to explain what I've done to push through. I'm going to give you guys some actionable tips on how to get involved and just get stuck into the things that you're missing out on. There's emotions and emotional responses that are they're all crucial to life and our satisfaction and success. Um, These are anger, happiness, sadness, love, and fear. So we all know the symptoms of fear. Your heart rate's up, you feel weak, you could feel sick or nauseous, you can't concentrate, can't sleep, can't eat, you might be sweating or feel tense. This all happens because your body is physically preparing you for a dangerous situation. It has a strong effect on your mind and body. What your brain is doing is it's increasing blood flow to your muscles and increasing blood sugar to help you deal with the threat. Um, It's making you focus on the perceived threat. And long term, it can cause trouble sleeping, headaches. You might not be able to get work done. Um, You might find it hard to plan for the future. You might have problems with libido or you might lose your self-confidence. The thing about fear is it can occur in both life-threatening and dangerous situations or situations where there really is not the level of threat that your body is noticing or sensing. It can occur when, obviously, when your life or your children's life or loved ones' lives are threatened. It'll occur when you feel at risk in any way. Or it can occur in non-emergency situations like public speaking, a date, um, a social gathering, or when you have to bring up serious issues with people, things like that. The threat can be perceived or it can be real. Our perception of the threat or how we see it will be heavily influenced by our conditioning and our experiences over our lives. Um, This could be things like childhood trauma, bad relationships, or even a car accident. Anxiety is a form of fear, but the term is usually used to deal with the thought of something that's going to go wrong in the future rather than something you're dealing with right now. It's usually persistent until the threat's dealt with, so it's going to hang around. And sometimes in these situations, The threat is never dealt with. If this is an ongoing fear, like it has no definite end point, it may never end until you do something about it. So to give you an example of the difference, when I was about 16, I went to an underage rave and we went to Burger King and we took a bottle of vodka and we we got free refills there and that was our preloading. And then we went to this gig and at about midnight, I kind of realized that I hadn't planned a ride home. So I thought, right, I'm going to walk home from town. So for me, that was, it was probably a good, maybe five kilometer walk. I started walking and I was pretty intoxicated. I think I'd, um, I might have even smoked weed with my friends, so I think I I was pretty out of it. But I was coherent enough to walk, and I I was walking down the main road in Christchurch and and walking from town. My house was close to the hills, so on the way there, I was really worried at 16. It was a busy night. I think it was a Friday night or a Saturday night. I was really worried that someone was going to stop or chase me or something bad was going to happen to me on the way home. And what I started doing is I started grabbing leaves off trees. So I would grab a leaf off every tree. And after a wee while in my intoxicated state, I said to myself, these are my lucky leaves. So if I just keep grabbing a leaf off every tree, nothing is going to happen to me. I'm going to be okay. Now, obviously the leaves had no influence on whether I would be okay or not. But as I'm walking, I'm taking a leaf off every tree 
And at about two or three different moments on that trip, I remember saying to myself, what are you doing? Like these leaves have nothing to do with your safety. Like they're not going to keep you safe. But then I was like, but I don't want to stop grabbing them because if I stop, maybe then something will happen. So I kept grabbing them and it was hilarious. By the time I got home, I had this handful of leaves and realistically it was probably just a distraction it was great but yeah that feeling of anxiety that I had or that feeling of fear as soon as I got inside that was gone so as soon as I got home the threat was over and I was safe now if your fear is rejection for example you have no idea when this is coming and there is no relief for you after the rejection has occurred so you will forever feel anxious until you deal with the feelings of anxiety around rejection Those are the two different types of fear. And in this situation, you may even miss out on opportunities, or it's very likely you will miss out on opportunities because you haven't learned to cope with the negative emotions that this fear has for you. Fear and anxiety can be temporary or they can persist much longer. PTSD can create feelings of fear for years in soldiers and people who have been through extremely traumatic experiences. Um, It can even last a lifetime, and this is after the real or the perceived threat has gone. Fear can be useful. So it can keep us alive, such as a fear of fire or heights um, or being chased by someone. It can motivate you to succeed if you have a fear of failing. But if it's too strong, it can also be a problem, such as a fear of putting on excessive weight might cause you to develop an eating disorder or something like that. I mean, you might not let anyone in emotionally because you've got a fear of being hurt. A fear of meeting new people might prevent you making new friends. Some of these fears are obviously quite low risk to your safety, and that makes the fear irrational, especially if it's stopping you from enjoying life and doing the things that you want to or need to do. I mean, in these situations, you might not leave your comfort zone because you have a fear of uncertainty. You've got this kind of stay here, it's safe attitude. And generally, this is the real reason people feel stuck. And it's the real reason people don't achieve their goals. If you have a fear of failure, that might mean that you don't try new things. We are programmed to avoid pain and pursue the things that make us feel good. Failure makes us feel small and insignificant, but it also leads to growth. And some of the most painful times in my life have definitely been the most significant for growth. One of the most important things that I've done for myself over the last five years is shift my mindset to think of failure as a positive rather than a negative. Uh, This is extremely hard to do and everyone struggles with failure. Um, but shifting that mindset is is just so important. I can't place enough importance on it. Most of us have irrational fears. Uh, it's not it's not something that is uncommon in society, and especially in modern society, there are plenty of things that can cause anxiety or fear that would have been developed by the society that we live in today. I mean, social media is responsible for a lot of them. For example, if your partner is liking or interacting with the opposite sex online, that could trigger a fear of ending up alone or being inadequate, being lied to or being hurt. Um, Body dysmorphia can come from comparing ourselves to edited or unrealistic content online. That can create a fear of not being able to attract someone or being judged or being inadequate. Um, Seeing people living their best lives online and feeling a sense of failure when comparing yourself to them. It can give you a fear of missing out or that you're worthless or a failure. The media even pushes articles and agendas that are designed to cause fear just to get clicks or engagement. I mean, I think that's toxic. COVID was a good example of that. 
weather events, the threats of war with Ukraine and Russia, things like that. These fears or these limiting beliefs can prevent us from achieving our goals. They stop us from working towards what we want or what we need. Learning to overcome this is one of the most liberating life hacks that you can give yourself. It is much easier to walk away from these things than to face it, but nothing worth achieving in this life is easy. Just remember, thinking will not overcome fear, but action will. I have and have had plenty of fears and anxiety over my life. I had social anxiety when I was released from prison. Uh, I touched on that in my first episode, but because I'd been in an environment that you're constantly on edge, um, just wondering what's going to happen the next day, who's a threat and who's not and things like that. When I came out and I was suddenly around a lot of people, that was quite hard to deal with and I didn't think it would be, but I had this kind of subconscious fear um, or subconscious anxiety and I didn't really know what it was that I was anxious about but I couldn't be around too many people at once and I couldn't be in a situation where people were being rude or inconsiderate or pushy because I was used to keeping my distance from people like that when I was in prison I I, I was able to keep my distance to a degree I chose who to associate with and who not to but um, when you're out in the public and you're in a shop or something you're just all forced into the same environment and people are it's weird I can't describe it but people are inconsiderate of that kind of stuff of that personal space. I've had fears of arguments and relationships when they've escalated because I don't know how far they're going to go when I have been in a, a toxic or abusive situations. I didn't know whether I was about to be threatened or something thrown at me or physically hit, those kind of things. So that created a fear of those arguments. When I started getting into an argument or I thought something was going to lead to an argument, I would start to get quite anxious quite quickly. When I was in year 12, I had a uh, an outdoor ed trip and we went kayaking and I remember we were going down I don't know what it would have been a grade two maybe a grade three river it was the Wyar River in uh, Canterbury and it was white water and I remember you know people were coming back from the kayaking part of the trip and they had like bruises on their heads and things because they'd been rolled in the river and and you know they'd hit the bottom and they had helmets on but when it was my turn to kayak I wasn't confident rolling myself over and getting back on to the surface and we started going down this river and I remember um, I just, everything just went kind of white. The sides of my vision went white and I was like, I'm not doing this. No fucking way. And so I pulled my kayak over to the side of the river and my instructor came over and he's like, come on, you're coming. I was like, no, I'm not. He's like, you're coming. And he tried to pull my kayak out and I just was like, nah. And I pulled the spray skirt thing off and I got out of my kayak. He's like, oh, he kayaked off. And I dragged my kayak up this bank. I think it was like a, it was probably a 30, 40 meter bank, got up onto the grass beside the road. I remember lying there on my back. I was like, I'm never doing that again. Um, So yeah, I mean, that was, that was, I remember that being quite a significant fear at the time. The dentist was another one. So when I was at school, uh, when I was at primary school, no kid likes the dentist. I had to get quite a few fillings when I was a kid. And I remember there was twice uh, that I had to go to the dentist that I played up. So one of the times I went and hid behind the skip or the rubbish bin around the front of the school. And then I um, walked back to my class and pretended like I'd been there. Um, the other time I... I'm pretty sure one other time I just walked home, but eventually I was at school at lunchtime and I was on the front field and we we're all playing and I looked over towards the office and I just happened to see the dentist walking over towards me, the dental nurse walking towards me. And I remember thinking, oh no, I'm fucked. Like I can't get out of this one. Like she's seen me and she's coming to get me at lunchtime. So that was it. I was off to the dentist. That was, um, that was quite a good one. All of this comes from our early ancestors. So how we have evolved, we needed to be fast in response to threats. And these 
these would have been real threats too. So caves, closed spaces, snakes, wild animals, strangers, things that spread disease like rats, mice, insects, all these kind of things. We needed to respond to these quickly because they are dangerous or we needed to be in an elevated state. Our, our nervous system had to be elevated to deal with any potential threat. Nowadays, we have different threats and some of these don't trigger responses at all. These are things like UV radiation from the sun, um, car accidents. But realistically, these things do not cause the same response of fear that you would experience from something like a snake or a closed space or, you know, strangers or things like that. Fear hasn't just evolved with us. It's evolved alongside us with other animals as well. So fear is an emotion that is universal. It's across the board. And baby humans and baby chimps both respond the same to snakes. In the 1960s, they did these trials with goats and human babies, and they neither of them would walk out onto a glass surface if it was elevated. So if it, if it was a height, it, it gave them the impression that they were walking off a cliff. Most people would rather hold a loaded gun than hold a non-dangerous snake. It's an example of evolution and how it's shaped us for certain things but not others because guns kill thousands of people every year, far more than snakes do. It's not all doom and gloom though. I mean, we've been successful as a species because of our ability to face and conquer fear. Because we were willing to take risks, that let us spread out across the planet and we've been able to settle in some really brutal places. We've been able to hunt large and dangerous animals. Um, because we did that, we were able to make the most of better sources of protein. The people that had the, the drive and explored new areas, these areas might have seemed extremely dangerous and foreign, but these people found new resources and places to live. We've even taken some of our most dangerous predators, which are wolves, and we've domesticated them to become all these breeds of dogs we have today. Our modern problems like paying bills, travel, social situations can give us serious anxiety, but we've got to remember we can't run away from or physically attack these problems. This means we need to use the same tools to face the issues and overcome them. As children, we're programmed to work out what's dangerous to our safety from a very early age. Um, once that secure attachment is formed with our parents, we look to them for input and we look to them to kind of work out what we should be worried about. Parents teach their children to be fearful uh, they, and, and cautious of certain dangers, things like fire, crossing the road. Um, in these situations, anxiety can be useful because it helps protect the child from harm. This is why if you have children, it's so important how we handle these situations so they don't develop unhealthy fears. These could be in response to things in our environment or situations that they are going through. For example, a fear of the dark or monsters under the bed or something like that might mean that as an adult, they develop fears of burglary or violence. Um, we need to make sure too that we're not teasing the children for being afraid or forcing them to confront these frightening situations in an uncontrolled way. In this situation, we need to make sure that we take their feelings seriously, encouraging them to talk about their anxieties, telling them the facts and giving them the opportunity to confront and explore their fears at their own pace with your support. If my son Flynn was afraid of places and things and people and situations, I would always do my best to show him the extent of the danger and how to manage it. I'd encourage him to test the water and I'd see what happened in a controlled way. In contrast though, when he was five years old and he was climbing under the rope at the rhino enclosure at the zoo, he got one hell of a fucking warning from me. As I said, fear might be a one-off feeling, like when you're faced with something unfamiliar, but it can also be an everyday, long-lasting problem. There are plenty of triggers for fear in everyday life, and you can't always figure out why you're afraid or how dangerous the situation is. Even if you can see how irrational a fear is, the emotional part of the brain keeps sending those same danger signals to your body until you face it, 
and then it gives you some closure. If you always avoid situations that scare you, it might stop you doing the things that you want or need to do. You're not always going to be able to see whether the situation is as bad as you expect. So sometimes you'll miss the chance to work out how to manage this fear and how to reduce that anxiety. Anxiety will almost always increase if you get into this pattern. Exposing yourself to the fear is the best way and the most effective way of overcoming that anxiety. Sometimes we just need to drop the excuses. Like for me, um, I did take steroids on and off throughout my life. And getting I, when I was younger, when I was 11, I remember getting my first injection and I was in tears. Like I had a real fear of needles. Even when I joined the army and I had to get my injections there, it was like I remember having to sit backwards on the chair and feeling faint and things like that. So when I had to get over overcome the fear of injecting myself, and I've done that hundreds of times now, that was a big deal. I mean, even letting one of my friends inject me was a big deal to start with. But it was just one of those things where I was looking at it, you know, eventually I'd just get to the point where I'd be like, I'm just going to get this ready and I'm going to do it. I'm not even going to think about it. I'm just going to do it. And it's happening. It'll be over in a couple of minutes. It's happening. And I would just sit down. I would go through all the motions and I wouldn't let myself hesitate at any point. I just did it. That was one example of that. Another one is paragliding. I was under instruction from one of my friends and we I was flying. I'd been towed up behind a boat. So I'm about 600 meters up and he was walking me through doing a beeline stall. So this is where you reach up and you grab the inner lines on your wing and you put all your weight onto them and you pull them down. It basically breaks the back of the wing. So it folds your wing horizontally down the center. And instead of flying forward, you start coming down like you're under a parachute, but you're dropping at about six meters a second. So when that happens, the wing kind of kicks back behind you a little bit and then you swing under it and then you're coming down. But for me, like as soon as the thought of the thought of doing it was just palms were sweating, feeling sick, starting to shake and things. And I just had to reach up, grab the lines and pull them and put all my weight on them and just get it done. And after I did it, I was like, oh, that is nowhere near as bad as I thought it was going to be. And it wasn't. Before we overcome our fears, we need to identify what they are. If you can sit alone for five minutes in a quiet place, think and center yourself, you'll be able to work out pretty quickly what a few of these are. Our emotions exist to tell us things. So when you feel those distracting or anxious feelings, it's most likely a subconscious fear that needs your attention. We can't act too quickly though. We need to lean into the fear and view it as information rather than a life-threatening situation. If we sit and we reflect, we might avoid harmful behaviours like eating comfort food or drinking or repressing it completely. Once you know what they are, you can try setting yourself small, achievable goals for facing your fears. So paragliding, again, for example, when I first started, I was terrified. I remember driving out to training and I pulled the car over and I stopped on the side of the road and I would say to myself, um, I don't know if this is for me, but I pushed through and I love it now. I couldn't ever give it up. Uh, and I still get those same feelings of fear. Uh, often it's when I push myself into situations I haven't been in before. Maybe it's a, maybe I'm going higher than I have been before, or I'm in an area I haven't been in before and I'm not sure what the weather or the wind is doing. But by the time I've done it and I've pushed into it and I've dealt with it, that's a new standard that's set and it's just pushing my limits each time. They're getting further and further and my comfort zone is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's what you need to do. There are other strategies as well for coping with fear. Um, you could carry something that helps you when you're feeling anxious. I'm sure we all remember the lucky leaves story. Um, this can be an effective way of addressing the underlying beliefs that are behind your anxiety because you, after a while you realize, oh, I don't need this comfort thing anymore. I'm fine. And 
I've been fine the whole time. I just didn't know it at the start. It goes without saying that healthy lifestyles often make this kind of stuff easier. If you're exercising regularly, if you're eating healthy and avoiding caffeine, caffeine is a killer for anxiety. I mean, when I was in prison, I was having like up to seven cups a day. I've never felt so on edge in my life. Um, I don't need caffeine at all now. And I find that realistically, it just pushes me into anxiety. I, I have enough energy as it is. And I think you'll find once you get over, if you do drink coffee or, or consume caffeine regularly, once you cut it out and you get over the dependency on it and you go through the few days of feeling lethargic and tired, you won't need it anymore and your energy levels will stabilize. And it can be a, such an influence on anxiety levels. There's other things as well, like learning relaxation techniques i have a friend Haley who does breath work and um, if you wanted her details i can always pass them on but it's a fantastic way to center yourself and push through this kind of thing there are obviously support groups that exist for this kind of thing too and they're very easy to find online uh, there are drugs as well that can deal with this kind of stuff i wouldn't recommend them unless it's essential and obviously you'd need to go through a doctor for that kind of thing anti-anxiety medication like diazepam Lorazepam and other benzos, anti-anxiety drugs are great, but they can make you dependent and your anxiety could be much worse when you don't have them. I've had them before and it is great when you're taking them, but the next day you feel even worse than you did the day before. So I just, it was, it was a very brief introduction to them because I'll never take them again. Plus in this situation, you're programming a behavior of needing them to relax, which can easily become an addiction. Remember, no matter how many mistakes you make or how slow your progress is, you're still way ahead of everyone else who isn't trying. Identify your problems, but give your power and energy to solutions. Our society does not talk about failure. Instead, we just celebrate successes. This creates an impression that everyone is succeeding all the time, which just is not true. Overcoming fear will put you in a stronger position than what you were before. And in this world, we are honestly only ever competing with who we were yesterday. There is no illusion greater than fear. That's all I've got for you guys today. If you did enjoy this episode, remember to follow me on socials, give me a rating on the platform you're listening on. If you have feedback or questions or suggestions or anything for upcoming episodes, I would love your input. You can message me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or leave me a comment under my videos on YouTube. These episodes are now live and streaming on Spotify, Apple, Google, and other leading platforms. Make today the day you push through something that's been holding you back. And remember, Fear is nothing more than a state of mind. Enjoy your weekend. I'll see you guys next time.